This is the Five Coin Play Podcast. Five being very special. The five being the number of national championships Duke has. And AC, this is our fifth season of the yes, Five Coin Play Podcast. Sophomore season for Jack. He's joining us for the second straight year. The runner of the Duke.MBB Instagram account, 50,000 strong. And we're just trying to mooch off of those uh, those followers, AC. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> that's that's, all, that's all we can do. That and, that and the momentum that he has right now as a Philly sports fan with the Eagles uh, undefeated and his Philadelphia Phillies in mm-hmm. the World Series. Congratulations, Jeff. Bring that momentum over to us now. I, I'd like to transfer it to the Sixers first. <laughs> Fuck the Sixers. You got, eight, you got 82 <laughs> games. I understand. What are you guys like? 0 and 4 now or something? 1 and 3. But... 1 and 3. Okay. My, my fault. I'll be fine. You know, I, did, I did see, though, I did see James Harden finally, you know, once he did one of those shimmies and had like 30 feet of separation, he actually made it this time. It was a pretty good move. <laughs> Um, so I think I like the announcer call better though. Who won the trade? <laughs> Shout out Kate Scott. Uh, yeah. Really good. Well, we got a we got a lot to cover here. AC. We um, we got to talk about the entire NCAA landscape as a whole. Mm-hmm. Dig in deep with the ACC talk and talk about your main man, Mister Highlighter himself, Mister Dasani <laughs> Bottle himself. God, Can I just point out that that hair is Duke blue? Oh, it is. It is. It is. No, it literally is. It is. It is. Do you think he's, do you think so he's trying to send a statement? He wanted no, to come I to think Duke. He's an idiot. That's all. That's all I see. He wanted to come to Duke. Like that guy. He sucks. He's the worst. He's the worst. He's the appreciation. I'll take Tyler Hansbrough over him anytime. Oh, any day of the week. No, Shut up. No, no, no. Whoa. Any day of the week. Well, back to tr- technical back foul. As a technical yeah. foul, you got one more in the year. I have here. personal connection yeah. to this dude. I don't like him. I don't like him. I haven't liked him for what six years? Seven? No, 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 more than that. I haven't liked him for a decade at this point. It it, it doesn't matter. Nobody <laughs> hate wants this guy. Him, I hate him so much. Look, I, I'm not trying to start this this season off like that. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about the ACC and your main man. Gross. Um, and then we're going to uh, talk. Uh, you know, obviously a lot about the Duke roster. Uh, Whitehead, Lively out for for a couple of weeks. It looks mm-hmm. like with a, a couple couple injuries, lower body injuries, of course. Um, and then we'll give you our season prediction. So we got a lot to cover here. Let's jump right into it. This uh, NCAA season as a whole, uh, we see this quite often that a team that made a deep run in the NCAA tournament may be overvalued. We'll find out. But uh, UNC is the preseason number one, Gross. followed by Gonzaga, Houston, Kentucky, Kansas, Baylor. Um, and then we kind of come in somewhere around that seven mm-hmm. to, uh, to 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 ten, depending on what service you're looking at. Um, but you know, right now, out of the gates, Jack, um, what do you think here uh, when you kind of take a look at the NCAA overall? I I think Gonzaga is going to win a lot of games because they play in a very weak conference. I think Carolina is going to finish ranked outside the top ten. I mean. I think that's pretty much a consensus. It's pretty much the consensus around most circles that aren't, you know, 
sensationalists, CBS, ESPN. I really, I think they, they came in hot. It's the same thing as UCLA last year. I, I like Houston a lot. Um, that's, mm-hmm. I think they're my favorite of the top five. I guess can six because Baylor and Kansas are tied. But Can I just say too that this Gonzaga team is probably, even with Timmy, is probably the worst Gonzaga team that they have had in the past six years. I like, think their Elite Eight team in 2015 was better. Yeah. I think their 2014 team is the uh, first team I can think of that is worse yeah. than the current team. I agree. Like Timmy, Or whatever, Sweet 16, whatever they they're lost They're ranked because of Timmy. They're truly ranked yes. because of Timmy. They need, a, they need a face in college basketball this season. He's been around for 14 years, and they need – it's Drew Timmy. Like, they yeah, are it's not, funny this, to me. This team is not good. Aside, he is Hamper. Like, that is exactly yeah, – exactly. No, that's literally his game. Yeah. He yeah. was recruited by Duke at one point. We, he was. Uh, we chose Matt Hurd over him. We did exactly right. That's exactly right. And – I'm okay with it. Yeah, I am I, I'm very happy with it <laughs> because we don't get certain players if he's still in our roster, so I'm fine with it. But it's just one of those things. It's like this is how preseason college basketball works. It is we need a brand, we need a face, we're going to pick it, and then that's that's who it's going to be. And this season it happens to be Armando Baycott and his stupid hair and Drew Timmy in this dumb headband. Like, so finished with that shit, man. Hey, hey, don't forget the mustache. <laughs> Fuck that mustache. Is he still rocking the molester mustache? Yes. I have no idea. He's going to rub it every dunk. He's going to rub it. And it's so stupid, man. It's, it's so dumb. Ugly. And, he, and he's so happy that Paulo Vancaro is not in college anymore because you saw like what happened. He he Paulo ruined his whole season. <laughs> he ruined the entire season, bro. He, he, I just want to put that out there. He, he ruined a lot of people. He's Mark. doing it right now in the NBA, too. Yeah. We're gonna oh, my goodness. Talk about Paulo. Oh my goodness. First guy since Grant Hill to start a career oh with 20, 20 point games, four straight of them. Can I just say, right. we talked about this like four years ago? We said it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> said this last ago. season. So, the, the All American team, um, and, and by the way, we haven't even talked about uh, the Sheeblay from Kentucky, who, mm-hmm. if, if you're the reigning consensus national player of the year, and there are multiple outlets out there that kept Drew Timmy over him, mm-hmm. um, that that's kind of shitty uh, yeah. overall. And, and Super who, who am I? Who? Super disrespectful. I, I think that both of them are going to be first teamers along with Sasser going back to my Houston uh, <laughs> thing earlier. I think he's going to be first team as well. But be I good, think man. Timmy and Shibwe are going to be. They're both going to be first teamers. Baycott will not. Get him, Jack. Get him. That doesn't mean he's not going to be second team. <laughs> right, and the other thing about that is, is that those guys, uh, Timmy and Baycott specifically, will get every single call known to man the entire season. And that's the ticket. Every call. That's, so that's so the like, even if you think that they stink, it's, again, same as Hansborough. Why are we talking about him? But the, the reality is that they'll they'll live at the line. They'll get mm-hmm. 12 points a game at the mm-hmm. line. They'll grab their ten to thirteen rebounds a game. Half of the rebounds are going to be over the back, that right? And, and a lot of, and it's just you know they'll walk on every single you know. Oh my god! That they get. I don't. Oh, that's just, I, mean, I'm not, that's just I know. Being very, very I know. What I'm just, isn't Baycott me, a crappy free throw shooter? Yes, it's making me feel. Yeah, but it doesn't right matter now, when man. you're going to the line twelve times and you have you know fifteen Ugh. to eighteen attempts a game. You got to make ten of them. Ugh. You know, you can shoot sixty four percent and still Gross. get ten to eleven points from the line. Gross. So yeah, it's it's annoying. Um, 
But, you know, okay, outside of the, of the garbage there, uh, we do like, I think we, all three of us like Houston. I think Sasha is going to be a, a, a force to be reckoned with with them. I like Jairus um, Walker, too, dude. Jairus Walker is a monster. Yeah. Ramey was a great pickup, too. Really yeah. provides a lot of spacing for a team that needs it. Yep. Uh, anybody else? I, I personally think Baylor is going to going to make a run this year. I think that they are going to play with a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, you kind of talked about UNC and, and being overinflated, uh, very similar to UCLA. Yeah, people I think they're a four seed they, next year. Yeah, and, and people forget that they should have lost that game to Baylor. <laughs> they had so many injuries. Once mm-hmm. Manic went out, talking about UNC, and woke up to the ACC as well. But, you know, he's not there to bail them out. And when he went Pete out Nance game, can't shoot like that. And when when he went out of that game against Baylor, Baylor nearly came back with basically no one, um, and won yeah. that game. So I I think Baylor is going to come back as long as they stay healthy. I think that they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Um, and, you know, Jack, I'm sticking with you. Anybody else that's kind of maybe not top ten that that you like? Michigan, despite the fact that they have a coach that can't really coach, I think they got a really good roster. They're returning outside of Houston. I think the majority of their roster. They added Joey Baker, who, as much as you know, as much as Duke fans have, as much as Duke fans have beef with Joey Buckus for you know not being a top three draft pick caliber player, and you know being Joey Baker, Mm -hmm. he provides at the very least some floor spacing because you need to cover him because he still can shoot the ball even if it's not consistently. You never know. You need to defend him that provides some needed spacing. I think overall, Hunter Dickinson, good player. Roster overall, very good. Joey Baker, needed addition. Juwan Howard, still a bad coach. I think they're going to be a good team. <laughs> and you see anybody up there that you like? Dude, I, I like I like Arizona. And, and Jack, sorry, you said Ramey was with uh, with Houston. Ramey's with uh, oh. Arizona this season. Didn't he leave? He left he, he left Texas and what he, he Texas they, he um, originally some reason. He, he originally was it was it was perceived he was going to to uh to Houston and he ended up going to Arizona at the last minute. Oops. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oops. But um but still but no, I think Houston's really no, good. Yeah, no, no. Believe me, that doesn't take away from Houston at all. What that does do is it elevates what you think about Arizona and the problem with Arizona is that they don't have size at the moment. Like their their fr- their biggest big or best big is a freshman than Dylan Anderson, who's going to be good, but he's not he's not ready to to lead that team. They're going to have some issues with the front court, but they can get through it in the Pac-12. But by the time they get to the tournament, who knows? But Arizona is always dangerous. You know what I mean? That that's a team that can be dangerous. I like them. I hate to be chalk and go with Rothstein, but I do like Arkansas. I like what they return. I like what they bring in. And that's going to be a good team. But one of my sleeper teams nationally this year is going to be San Diego State. Continue to watch San Diego State all season. They have a couple of preseason tournaments. They have some games early on where they're playing some bigger name teams. If you're putting bets down, I'd put the bets on San Diego State. That is a team that's going to be, hot take, spoiler alert, a Final Four team this season. Wow. Wow. This is not betting advice. No, that's right. That is, that's absolutely true, Jack, and I'm glad that you brought that. We are not telling you who to bet on. We're just telling you who AC is going to lose money on. Um, so that, that's just what we're doing here. Dogs, San Diego State, watch. Uh, Arkansas, another team I actually mm-hmm. like. I think, you know, they played us tough. Um, yeah. 
they they have a phenomenal uh, recruiting class. Anthony Black coming in there. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to be a team um, to to be reckoned with as well in the SEC. I do, even though they're ranked, you know, three or four, I do think Kentucky is going to be much vastly improved from what they were last year. They have uh, a lot of shooters now around Toshiba, so I think that they're unfortunately going to be very good. So it should be an interesting season. Um, but let's talk specifically about the ACC. Uh, everybody, you know, speaking of chalk, everybody, of course, went UNC one. Um, pretty much everyone unanimously put uh, UVA and Duke two three in some particular I don't order. Get this UVA uh, AC, love. I know you don't like the UVA though. So I'm going to give you the, don't uh, the floor. Get there. it? I don't get <laughs> it. And I don't get it. And again, it is the preseason. Oh, we have a senior. Hooray. Kihei Clark. Dude, he he's a sucks. He sucks. He's terrible at basketball. He is, and I'm sorry. He's not good. If he showed up at your regularly, you'd have no idea who he was. You wouldn't. You'd have no idea. He hit six threes against Duke. Yay. Congratulations. Stop it. That is not somebody who is representative. If If he represents college basketball, then you have a shitty product. You do. I am sorry. He sucks. He's tiny. What is he? He's like five seven, five six, five eight, five eight. Congratulations! Five, eight. Oh, get get an extra inch. He's got shoes on. Sorry. Oh, five oh. eight. <laughs> five eight. Can't defend anybody. Can't shoot. Can't score buckets. He is terrible. But the thing is, he's going to score because he has guys like Jalen Gardner. He has, has other guys on the team that. As a trout, all those guys that can help him out, they they have a decent recruiting class. You know Tony Bennett, most of those freshmen aren't going to play anyway. But it, it's just... How many of them are going to transfer? None. That's the thing. I don't know what they do. I don't know how they keep these guys around. They lost a few guys recently. Yeah, I mean, they lost McCorkle and some of the, they, they didn't lose anybody that mattered. That's the thing. And that's why people are putting them so high. Because they bring back the majority of their roster. And some of the guys they brought back are good. Like, Gardner's a good player, man. Like, that guy... I really like his game. Like he's not, he he's a poor man's DeAndre Hunter. He's not quite as good as DeAndre Hunter, but he does some things that are really good. His mid range game is is phenomenal, and that's something that works in this blocker mover offense. It's the same exact script over and over and over again. And what we're starting to see with UVA, and this is why they haven't been good the past couple of years, is that teams now know how to beat UVA. They know how to move the ball against them. They know how to drive against them. And Tony Bennett refuses refuses everybody wants Tony Bennett they wanted Tony Bennett as the next Duke coach over John Shire I don't know how many Duke fans were like I'd take Tony Bennett over John Shire and it's like the dude refuses to fix what he does like this team if they're if it's a close game they can't score at the end of games they get down at the end of games they can't score because he they will they will be down 10 points with three minutes left in the game and they will continue to run the shot clock down to 30 seconds that's what they do and they can't get out of it so Say what you want about Tony Bennett. He is a good coach. He's done what he's done. He's won a national championship. Congratulations to him. But he will not fix what his problem is. So I, I can't put UVA up there with the upper echelon of the the NCAA or ACC this year. I can't. Talking about other teams, then, that you think are a bit of a sleeper. Uh, personally, I'm a big fan of Miami this year. Dan Wong's a stud. Uh, he's a guy that you could easily see um, being first team all ACC potential player of the year in the conference. Um, I like them a lot. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised at all if they won the conference. Dude, Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack is a good player. Christian Watson's a good player coming in. Give me Norshad Omie too. Omie from Arkansas State, 17 points a game, 12 rebounds a game. That dude down low is going to be a monster for, for Miami this year and Jim Laraniega. Like, 
he is going to be very good. Like, he, is he going to score 17 and 12 again this year in the ACC? No. Better competition, better league, whatever. But he is he knows how to do it, right? Like, we've seen that with these transfers, these older transfers and such. They know how to do it no matter what conference they go to. So, yeah, absolutely, man. I, I really do like Miami. Jack, who, who do you like in, in the conference that, uh, you know, may not be getting the recognition that they rightfully deserve? I mean, this is a Duke podcast, so Duke. <laughs> Get him, Jack. Talk to him, Jack. I think Duke's going to be the one seed in the ACC tournament. I do. Get I think him, Miami, Jack. Florida State are going to finish second and third in some order. FSU. Um, I, I like Florida State. I think I would like them to win the conference regular season if they had brought back John Butler, but mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. they didn't. He's up with the Blazers now, and I think he's a legit long-term prospect. Um. I, I like I like a guy who's that tall can shoot <laughs> the ball like that and move like that. You know, it's a great player. It's yeah. Leonard Hamilton's specialty is guys of that size. Um, then I think it's gonna be I think Carolina's gonna be better than Virginia. Then you got like Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Wake State, yeah. all in that like mid range. And then yeah. there's everyone else that doesn't really matter. I think Louisville's gonna flop because they really don't. Mm-hmm. They have these expectations that Kenny Payne has kind of been setting and they're not going to meet them because that roster is garbage. And I think either Nolan's going to be their head coach in a few years or he's going to be back at Duke in a few years. <laughs> Get him, Jack. I'm I'm completely serious. I think I think that. I also like you guys mentioned Wong. I think he's going to be an all ACC first team guy. Mm-hmm. I think Turquavian Smith from State's also a guy to watch there. Roach, obviously, I think he's going to be first team. And then uh, Baycott is kind of a given because he's going to put up empty numbers. And then here's my here's my wild card first teamer, Proctor. Damn, damn, Tyrese. Jack. Tyrese. Say, say that again, TK. I say floor is still yours. Tell him why. Proctor is going to be the rookie of the year in the ACC. He is going to put up. Better looking numbers on paper than a guy like Lively. He's going to impress. He's likely going to have the ball in his hands, and they're going to run Jeremy off ball, similar to the way they ran Jay Williams with uh, Chris Duhon. Difference is Proctor can score, I think, a little better than a Chris Duhon could, and is going to be he's going to be a top ten pick in the draft next year. I, yeah, I really uh, am I, high I, on I, Proctor, I especially after that. countdown. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. He, I actually yeah, we... I think he's going to be first team over Whitehead. Get um. Damn. Mm. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of, you're kind of, what he was saying. Um, but I, I will say that I completely agree with you on Proctor. I think that he's going to be a complete stud this mm-hmm. year. He's a guy that I believe I've said this on this podcast that if he did, I was so happy that he reclassed because I yeah. didn't think that he would be a deep period. He's not. Even though he had no chance. Bad, I think he would go right to the, right to the lead. Absolutely. It would be a Sean Livingston situation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, he, he's played against grown ass men for the last couple of years. Um, his shot is much improved. He sees the floor very well. He slashes very well. Um, he's a great passer. So mm-hmm. the kid, the kid does a lot of things and I think he's going to be great for Jeremy Roach to be able mm-hmm. to play with him. Um, I could see absolutely both of those guys being first team, um, all ACC. I, I love the picture act. I think that you're right about him being the, the, the rookie of the year as well. Um, Oof. I do, I do, and I think that you know, if if you're talking about Whitehead, and we'll talk about him and him and Lively in a little bit, I, I just think that the opportunities, um, you know, even Proctor came in a little bit later, obviously, but mm-hmm. he's he's 
from every report that we've heard, uh, has assimilated himself so well uh, with this with this roster that guys love playing with him. And I think just overall, Jeremy Roche loves playing with him. And I think that that's going to pay a huge dividends. And I think you're going to see it, see it right out of the gate. Um, you know, when we tip off on November seventh. I very compelling arguments. Very compelling arguments, dude. I love I, I love Tyrese Proctor number one. Like let's not let's not get it twisted. I love that dude to death. Just, Whitehead's going to be so good, but maybe that's why. That's maybe that's why we are saying that Duke is going to be the top team in the ACC because our backcourt is going to be unmatched. Yes, like, sir. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, let's not pretend like Derek Whitehead is not going to have an incredible season. Like, the dude's going to be amazing. I just don't think he's going to have a complete season. That's Ooh. the only yeah, reason I, I, I put him second team. And, and I'm going to say this right now that, yeah, you and Jack have Duke number one in the ACC. I do not. I think that it's going to take some time for Duke to get to that point. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to start out so well. I think our non-conference is going to be ugly, but that's because we won't have Dariq. So what's that say? By the time ACC play starts, he's going to be playing, and we'll get to it. I don't want to talk about him anymore. We'll get to yeah, it. Yeah, right. But, so let's, let's, right. Just, let's, let's talk about the ACC a little bit more, uh, Jack. You kind of outlined your your, your first team, and, and I want to talk about uh, a couple other teams that you mentioned Um uh, Oh, not first, because I'll let AC, AC do that. CK, uh, actually, we'll if I Notre- can before. Yeah, go ahead. Really quick. I just want to talk about a couple of more players to watch in the ACC. Sure. So, I mean, I think RJ Davis from Carolina, I think he's a breakout candidate. I think he's going to be leaps and bounds ahead of Caleb Love. I think he's the best player on that team. And yeah. as much as I hate to say it, I really like his game. I think yeah. he's going to yeah, be. Too. I got yeah. him second team all ACC this year. Yeah, Most improved I'm, player I'm, is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought him up, too. I think that uh, if you want to give uh, credit to Hubert Davis for anything, it's that he understood that the game should be ran through R.J. Davis, not from Caleb Love. And I think that was him and Manic just going off last year at the end of the year. That was pretty much the reason that they made the run that they did. Um, Manic is no longer there. And I think that people in UNC circles and clearly across the country are really underselling the value that Manic had for that team. So, but I agree with you in terms of RJ Davis. I think that that is the straw that stirs the drink for Carolina. If God forbid something happened to him, I think they'd be in serious, serious trouble. Yeah. And I I do. I, I, he's one of those players like you can't, you almost can't hate RJ Davis, right? Like I, I, I agree, man. I really like that kid again, like you said, Manic. Everything they did last season is, is because of those two. So yeah, no, RJ Davis is great. I love that dude. Caleb Love is going to be a second or th- second team at minimum player in the ACC again because we know how the voters vote in the ACC. We know how this goes, man. And whatever, I give me give me Caleb Mills and Cameron Fletcher at Florida State. Like I like Florida State like this year. Like that's a team that I think is going to really make some noise in the ACC. Love them to death. I love how they play. I love what they bring back. With those two, Cameron Fletcher started at Kentucky, was supposed to be one of those super recruits, didn't pan out that way. But guess what? In high school, as a freshman and sophomore, he wasn't great. And I've said this for years. You can almost mirror how guys develop through high school, through college, all the way into the pros. So he's one of those guys that didn't take off immediately. He's going to be good this year because this is the same time in high school his body worked out. His mind worked out. Everything worked out. He's going to be one of those players, too, that 
six seven shooter, all the above. Like he's gonna be a really good player this year for Florida State. Watch out for him. And of course, Matt Cleveland, man. Love Matt Cleveland to death. And I think he's gonna be one of those guys who can challenge us for first team all ACC. He's gonna be an all ACC defensive player. If he can prove that he can score somewhere around 15 points a game this season without all the other guys on the team, Butler and Polite and all the other guys that left Florida State, which he will. Matt Cleveland's going to be somebody who's going to be a first teamer. So please give me them because they they have no one under six five on their roster. That is stupid. <laughs> that is stupid, man. It is certainly that's, crazy. That's typical Leonard Hamilton too. So give me how those guys. Seven, how many seven foot four guys does he have this year? They got one. They got okay. McLeod. They got they got one. So I, I like them. I like Florida State a lot, and I think they're going to make that noise, man. Jack, who else we got on that team? We kind of cut you off a little bit there. My second team is Davis, Hunter Couture, who I think is going to be there because he's going to have a couple of big-time clutch moments, not necessarily a relative to the rest of the second team, not necessarily a deserving selection, but he will he will be there mainly because of headlines. I think Justin Mutz is going to be the better player. I also have him on my second team. Mutz, baby! I mean, BT. Spoken like, like a true hokey. I like the BT <laughs> love, man. I can't help it. And you. then... Derek, uh, I think, is going to be there because he's going to put up first team team numbers, but in only a full conference season as opposed to a full regular season. And then PJ Hall, who I think, when he's not getting dunked on by Jalen Johnson, is actually a very good basketball player. Let's <laughs> get the over under Jack on one and a half Jalen Johnson mentions per season. <laughs> uh, that's so one. Yeah, that's one. So we got one left. If you have the over, you're going to cash. Um, I I think that that's probably right. Um, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Notre Dame. I think that they're going to be good this year. JJ Starling, I think, is a perfect fit for Mike Bray's team. Uh, a guy that we mm-hmm, recruited. Mm-hmm. I think that he'll he'll be an all rookie selection this year yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, yeah he's I, th- a I think they're a team that they're, sure. Yeah, they're, they're a team that will be dangerous on any given night. Yes. Yeah, no, no. You just, know that, you just know that they'll be out of timeouts before, you know, the 10 minute mark <laughs> of the first half. For sure. For sure. But they're going to be a tradition. They're going to be typical, annoying Notre Dame. And yeah, no, I absolutely agree. They're going to be a really good team. Yeah, I think uh, that's a pretty good recap of what the ACC is going to be. There's a lot of uh, teams out there that aren't Duke, UNC, and Virginia that are going to be knocking on that door. I do think that uh, at the end of the day, Miami's going to win the ACC regular season. But Oof. that's you know maybe maybe that's a little Should bit. Should that go into your hot take? Maybe that's a little bit of a hot take. You see, speaking of hot takes, I want to talk about hot takes. So Jack kind of stole my thunder with the hot take number one, which was going to be that UNC is not going to be in the top ten um, after the regular season's over. Get him for all the reasons that you, that you mentioned. I want to reiterate them again. Give us some more. They came in hot. They came in hot, coming off a, a, a tremendous run in the tournament. They had six guys that they ran into the ground, one of which was their best player, who's no longer there. And they replaced him with a really good player in Nance. I think that's, that's, a, that's a great pickup. But they're not going to be able to hit the ridiculous threes from the mm-hmm. corners uh, and from NBA range that they did before. Caleb Love is who he is. He's going to shoot six of 21 every single night. And, you know, the... He's a guy that if he doesn't have as good a year as he thinks he's going to have, I hate him. Then he could be a cancer to that organization, and he's going to absolutely bring them down. I, I see so all much. those things happening. He and absolutely could be, yeah, one hundred percent. He's just that guy. I can't stand. If... You say you like RJ Davis, that's how much I hate. 
Love times a hundred. Caleb Love, he's a complete bitch. I can't stand. Listen, I hate Caleb Love so much. If he takes UNC down from the inside, I will, that, well, he I will be, be my, my favorite, favorite UNC player. One hundred percent. It'll be him and Rashad McCants. Yeah, yeah. Respect. Yes. Um. So yeah. So that that's a, a little bit of a hot take for, for from me there. Um. What other hot takes? It can be ACC related. It could be Duke related. It could be NCA. Whatever you want it to be. It can be you know the Phillies one in five. Like whatever <laughs> Jack. Whatever you. But want that's it to not be. a hot take. That's just what's gonna oh, happen. Get him. Get him. Okay, so um, I'm going to start with something I didn't necessarily get to say when we were talking about the ACC, which is that I think that Nigel Pack is going to be the third best player in Miami this year because he's just going to basically be put into a Chris Likes type of role under Laraniega. Who are the first two? Obviously Isaiah Wong. Who was there? I forget the – I had this written down, I promise you. Who was that other guy they had on the team last year who's coming back who was a really good piece? But I really – I think they're going to kind of force him into a system mm-hmm. instead of letting him play his game. I think mm-hmm. that's the big issue. So last year, Cam Augusti, but he's gone, and Wardenberg is gone. I mean, Nigel Pack who comes the hell in. was it? I think those are the ones, man, because Charlie Moore even, he's gone. So I think Nigel Pat comes in. And Charlie takes over, Moore he, in his he takes over years. That, yeah, I know, right? He takes over that Charlie Moore, that Chris, like you said, Chris Legg's role. I like Miami a lot. I really agree with TK. I, I think they're going to be a, a top three, maybe top four type ACC team this season. But I think Nigel Pack's going to be a reason for that. But I like your hot take. I like it. Keep going with your hot take, man. Okay, now let's go into a bigger NCAA look which mm-hmm. is i think gonzaga is going to lose more than three games i kind of hinted at all of my hot takes a little bit during our recap gonzaga is going to lose more than three games i think they're going to lose a primetime game a, a non-conference mm-hmm. big matchup because well it's gonzaga mm-hmm. um i think they're gonna they're gonna lose probably gonna lose to st mary's and byu and i think i don't know if they win the conference i don't know they're not going to win national championship that right there is four losses i think okay gonzaga a team that like pretty consistently loses two to three games a year Mm -hmm. is going to lose four maybe five maybe even six call me crazy san francisco with the sweep they don't have tape anymore but (laughs) the hero the hero we didn't know we needed he almost dragged san francisco to a win that's the crazy part that's true last year while being matched up with chet holmgren that's true. That is very true. Okay. Now I'm going to shrink my scope down to the ACC. Again, okay. something that we all alluded to. Virginia does not have a reason to be ranked. This is a team Damn. that Tony Bennett's offense works well when he has NBA talent. I don't know if he has NBA talent right now. You know, like he mm-hmm. he lost Murphy mm-hmm. after 2021. And last year wasn't exactly an easy season. And, you know, Jack? you know, you have Clark. You give Kihei Clark the keys because he was the point guard literally because he was the only person who could play point when they won a championship. Okay, cool. Didn't literally everyone else in that starting five play at least one minute in the NBA? Yep. Like, it was not him. No. He was probably the reason they lost three games instead of the reason they won 36. Get him, Jack. Honestly. That's that's my opinion. I think Kihei Clark being your your best player is not 
a team that should be ranked. That's a team that maybe could win a mid-major conference. And then go down to Duke. My Duke hot take is that Derek Lively will not be our best pro prospect when the month of March comes around. I think it's going to be Proctor. Yeah, for, I, I, for I, reasons I, I said. I don't think that's that, 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 that a hot take. Do you, AC? I do. I do. I, I mean, do. going I over do. Lively. Or how much you love Whitehead? You think that's I the do. hot take? Whitehead's oh, the okay. best player on the roster. He's the best player in ACC. He's maybe one of two best players in the NCAA. Like, I, I just, I can't. I, I can't said pro prospect, over. not college player. That's fine. He'll, and, yeah, and the no, pros, he's going to be an all-star in the pros. Whitehead's going to be the best player on the team. I think Proctor's going to be the best NBA prospect. I think I, I him and Whitehead are going to be top five. I think Lively's going to be top ten. That being said, I think Proctor's going to be viewed as the best pro Ooh. prospect. Come uh, so that's, the thing that, that's the thing. Is like, I actually agree with the fact that he is the best pro prospect. Ooh. I would have said Whitehead, and, and I could be wrong. I could be talked, I can be talked back into the room. About Whitehead. So if we think I, that Whitehead is the Wadehead and he's going to be an all-timer right, possibly. Yeah, yeah, I can be talked back into the room. If, then I, there's no know, reason I, for I, him I, not I to be the best pro prospect. recency theory earlier. It might be a recency bias by me talking about Proctor right now, especially when out of say, out of mind. You know, and I just don't know when Whitehead's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll talk about it. But mm-hmm. um, you also I, I, remember I, I, love, I love Proctor's game. I do. I love it. I think he's going to be a top five, top six pick. And I don't think I don't think Lively is going to be a lottery pick. I just don't. You don't think I don't? I don't. I don't. I mean, you, you said lottery. Pick. You said lottery. Have... I thought you said Lively yes. first. I no, no, Lively. Lively is not going to be a top. Okay, okay, uh, he's okay. not going to be a lottery pick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. I think he'll be fifteen to twenty. I can get down with that. I mean, yeah, I mean, he'll be fifteen to twenty. I mean, you kind of already know what his his comp's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, his comp is you know, go bear at best, right? And that's, 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 I that's would nice, say, that's nice, what if he sticks nice around? Thing. Maybe this would be a high take. That's a very that, that hot might take be the hot because take. Flip is most likely to stick around. Oh, he's definitely going to stick. There's no, there's no question that Flip's sticking around. I mean, we also said that about Keels at this point, didn't we? We did. That's, uh, that's a different story. Apples to apples. I don't think it's apples to apples. I mean, you're right. It's definitely not. I don't want to get into it too much, Jack, because I want to revisit this. Um. So I'm going to play a little point guard here and bring the team back together. AC, I want you to give me a couple NCAA and ACC-related hot takes because okay. I think all of our Duke hot takes are going to start getting into our next subject. So I want to okay, okay. I want to table those. <laughs> right. that, that's what we do. When we, that's the veteran quarterback right now. That's the I like it, man. Jeremy Roach to Jack Proctor. That's what we're doing Look, right now. Good show host, man. I like it. I like it. All right. NCAA hot take. Rutgers is going to the Elite Eight. Right there. Give it to me. Give it to Ooh, me. Oh, Jesus. Look, look, Rutgers has a perennial team that is underachieving. I, there's no reason for anybody to like them. I like, I like Steve Pickiel as a coach. Their roster is constructed pretty well, right? They, they have a bunch of guys that no one, and this is why nobody likes them. No one was really after these guys. No one was recruiting them hard or whatever. They're they're gonna make noise in the the big the B one G because the B one G sucks as a conference this year. I'm sorry they really do it basketball. And it's not for the last twenty three years. Yes. And Rutgers is going to get into the tournament and they have the roster makeup with their guards and their guard play to to make noise in the NCAA tournament. I think they're gonna lose they're gonna lose a game by forty to Illinois 
and then they're going to magically beat Michigan or somebody like that, and people are going to be like, wow, stand up and pay attention to Rutgers. And by the time it gets to the NCAA tournament, they're going to be one of those teams that it's just very difficult to game plan against them because of the way Steve Pickiel does his offense. Derek Simpson, he's a freshman. This guy's a good player. They have Jalen Miller. That dude's a beast. Like Andre Hyatt from from LSU. They have a, they have an NCAA is Ron Harper Jr. still score. there? He's not. He's not. He's gone. But that's okay. They don't need him. And and that's what I mean. Like they they don't have the star power outside of Andre Hyatt. So that works. Like Andre Hyatt's going to be the guy who's going to lead this team. So if everybody is healthy, if everything maintains itself, I am, I see Rutgers as an elite eight team. One of those teams that's going to upset. A lot of teams in the NCAA this year who are going to underachieve because the freshman class this season isn't great. The guys coming back from the sophomore class are really good because that that particular sophomore class was good. And, and Rutgers is loaded with sophomore guys from the, this last class that was amazing. So that I, I like Rutgers a lot. I think they're going to make noise. My Duke hot take or ACC hot take, it's going to be a Duke hot take. I'm sure. just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out there. I think we might have talked about this on the show before, but I just want to put it out officially. I hate, hate, and and I say hate one more time every time we touch. I don't, I don't like it. We need a new song. That is such Boo. a stupid song. It's such a stupid song. It's so Boo. weak. It's weak. It's soft. Like there's so You're many weak. better idioms. No. It's terrible. It's You're terrible. Weak. That's such a stupid song. I hate it so much. I cringe every time. God almighty. Every time we touch. You are uh, as ice cold as, I mean, you're the complete opposite of where this (laughs) segment is supposed to be. It's a hot take, right? It's a hot take, right? Every time that song comes out, I cringe. Get out of town. I cringe. Just stop. I do. It's terrible. stop it. It's so Just bad. It. It's so bad. All right, we're switching gears here. We're going to talk about okay. the roster. And on next week's Five Point Plague podcast with it'll be, Jack it'll, and TK. It'll be, right. Because, he, you know what, Jack, you said already that he already had one technical dash, too. He's out. He's done. He <laughs> Call up, me Rasheed Wallace, then. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> You're comparing yourself to a heel, really? Yeah, right. When this know. moment, Almighty, you are getting this what? is a third not technical. The roast statement. Not a roast. A third technical. Has that ever happened? Has that ever? I happened? think she'd got one. I he think he did it. Two technicals. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, he got a technical just for looking at the referee in, yeah. in the NBA. So. Yeah. All right. All right. You got to get a real back to team in again. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the Duke roster. Uh, and and kind of your overall takes from you know anything from the the preseason uh, video from Duke Blue Planet or countdown uh, on Friday, uh, maybe what you expect against the uh, against Houston in the secret scrimmage coming up on Friday, twenty mm-hmm. ninth. Uh, I mean, just anything uh, Duke Rust related, uh, Coach Shire related that you want to talk about. Other than every time we touch AEC, I want to have a chance here, but you're on a short leash. I want to have the conversation. I want to have the conversation. I don't want Christian Reeves to redshirt this season. I want to have the conversation. The dude, the dude is good. He is good. We talked about it in the summer. We agreed with he's going to redshirt because we were like, that's the plan. The plan is to redshirt. But we said in the summer between seeing games and everything else, we said, if push comes to shove, he could play and he could actually contribute to this team. But the plan is for him to redshirt so that Flip and Lively can do their thing because he and Lively are very similar players, blah, 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 whatever else. 
can we have the conversation that Christian Reeves deserves to play this season? We could have the conversation. Um, I think it's an interesting way to, I mean, it, it, would you have had this conversation if you didn't see Countdown on Friday? Yes. Let me just start there. Yes. You would have. Yes. I, I, I'll throw a challenge flag to that, but, but I'll, I'll give, I'll give you the benefit well, we of the doubt. We have, you don't we have evidence. It. We have evidence. We have, I, you I said. You haven't said anything about yes, him. Yes, I have. Uh, I have well, said. Yeah. He has. He I has. have. Not I have, about. I, I have said that I want, I would love it if Christian Reeves could play this season. I said that he is bulked up. The, my caveat was if he took to the strength and conditioning program with Coach Will, then we would have to have the conversation about him playing. I said that on summer session number two, go back and check it out. I said that. Jack, back me up. He did. If he took to the strength and conditioning program, because he was very slight, he's very skinny, he's going to have problems against bigger Oscar Sheebway type guys in the NCAA. But who doesn't have problems with those guys? I said that if he took to the strength and conditioning program, then he would be somebody that we would really want to play this season. But if they are sticking so hard to the plan that he has to redshirt this year because his father wanted it, then that's what they're going to do. And Shire is going to honor his dad in that. But if he is proving that he's one of our best bigs, dude, I can't let it, I can't let it go that we just let him rot on the bench this season when we would need him. Look, this is not this is not an anti-flip indictment right here. But if 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 Philipowski is not the guy that we thought he's gonna be right off the bat, then we need Christian Reeves. We need that defensive presence. We need that rebounding presence. We need a guy who's seven foot two and can run the floor. He's the same size as Derek Lively. He has the same skill set as Derek Lively. He just can't hit threes like him. Derek Lively is a bigger player, more athletic a little bit than Reeves. But we've seen that Reeves is an athlete. And it, 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 it is clear to me, having seen guys go through athletic conditioning programs in college, he has taken to Coach Will's program. I'm telling you this right now. He's gotten stronger. He's gotten faster. He's jumping higher than he ever has in his career throughout high school. I'm telling you right now, Christian Reeves needs to play for this team to reach their ceiling. He doesn't redshirt. Uh, does that mean to you that Flip is not where he's supposed to be? I look at it as can, can it be both? Can this be a can know, this be a universe where we have exact, both? Your exact words to me were him not redshirting means to me that Flip is not where he's supposed to be. Right. So I'm giving you the opportunity. Okay, then fine. I'll say it. I, I will say it. You, you for I'll say it. I'm giving them to you. I'll say it. I, I will say that if he if he doesn't redshirt the season, if if John burns his redshirt, that means a Flip is not where he's supposed to be, and b he has improved his game and improved his conditioning and such to the point where he needs to play this season as a freshman. So yes, I will say both. I will say that it means Flip is not doing what he's supposed to do. If if Flip comes out, we've compared him to Larry Markin and, and and some Plumleys and some other stuff. Then that means that he's having a great season. So we don't need Christian Reeves in that regard. But if Christian Reeves plays, which I think he will, then I think that means that Flip's not doing exactly what we want Flip to do. And I also think that that means that Christian Reeves has improved his game and himself to the point where you can't keep him off the floor. And it would be a detriment to the team to do so. Do you think that Flip is a strong enough guy to be able to take that? I mean, you know. Yeah, he, I do. Because and I think that's a, that's a fair question. Right? I do. That, you know, he's he's a guy that's a five-star recruit. Mm-hmm. He was the first one of this class. Um, Reeves, uh, and I agree with a lot of things you talk about with Reeves, I mean, because he has really improved. And we've talked about that over the summer for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the reality is, is is that Flip was obviously in the same class, the same position. Mm-hmm. You know that that highly regarded recruit, the one that wanted to bring all these guys together, the wanted to be the first recruit for Shire, 
is he a strong enough guy to be like, hey, you know, I'm just not ready? Yes. Maybe this guy, you know, he just kind of had that meteoric rise uh, in the offseason and, and what that like, more power to him. You know, can he take all that and just work hard and stick around and, and do what he needs to do? Because I think we all agree. Well, let, let me get there. A minimum of two year guys. Well, let me say right. it. Yes. Yes. Because Flip has come out and he's whether it's just whether it's just interview speak because some of these guys do it or whatever. Yeah. Filipowski has come out multiple times and said he's a four year player. He's staying at Duke. He's going to be there to win championships throughout his entire college career. He has talked career from the beginning. And yeah, we've heard it from one and dones and all the other stuff, but he is not your typical one and done. And I think he knows it. I think Shire knows it. Anyone who knows basketball knows it. And he's not being honest with himself if he thought he was going to come into this season and just prove to everybody that he is a top 15 pick in the NBA lottery. Then, yeah, sure, that's going to cause problems. But I, I don't think that's the case here. I think he has expected that he's going to take some time to improve. His dad gets on Twitter and talks about how he's going to take some time. Like, this is a known fact. So it's not a surprise that he struggled some. It's not a surprise that he's not proving he's going to be one of the top two or three guys in our roster this season. And I do think that he is going to be able to swallow some of that pride and be able to just do what he needs to do, whether it's come off the bench, whether it's play 15 to 20 minutes a game, whatever it takes for him to just get better. I, I think he's one of those guys. And, and if it was lively, if we're talking about Christian Reeves versus Lively, I think that would cause some problems in the locker room. But we're talking yeah. about Christian Reeves versus Filipowski. I think Reeves and Lively can play on the floor together because the way Lively runs the floor and the way he hits threes. This, so I'm not talking about Lively here not producing. We're talking about Filipowski, and I, I think that this is why Christian Reeves can see the floor this year and quite possibly should see the floor this year if Filipowski hasn't proved that he's a starter on this roster because uh, think- he should be starting. Yeah, I think you can make the the argument too that if you start, um, or if you if you allow Reeves to play this season, gain that experience, him and Flip Filipowski next year can be the best back or uh, front court in the country. Absolutely, they would be. It, it it would be no question that they would be because all you're doing is replacing Derek Lively with Christian Reeves, and it's the same if, player minus the threes. What about Stewart at that point? Stewart's Stewart's a three four. He'll play. He'll get his six man minutes and, and be dominant with that. Like I love that dude, man. He he's not gonna play the two. He'll he's gonna be that rebounding force that comes. He's gonna be what we have with Mark Mitchell this year. Maybe maybe we're talking about Flip coming off the bench, Mark Mitchell starting, and then Mark Mitchell going on to the pros this year because I think that's what's gonna happen. I think Mark Mitchell is more more likely than Flip to be one of those guys like Keels because Keels was brought up in this podcast today. Mitchell's yeah. going to be more likely to do the Keels thing, which is I'm going to prove to all of you guys that I belong in the pros. So I'm just going to go no matter what I do this season, more so than flip. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about Mark Mitchell then Jack and, and, you know, AC and I've kind of dominated the, uh, the, the, the conversation a little bit here. So I want to talk about Mark Mitchell. Um, and what do you expect from him this season, especially starting the season? Do you see him as a potential starter coming into the beginning of this year. I do. I think I think he's going to be he's going to give you he'll probably get around 10 a game I I hope. Um and a few a few rebounds a good amount maybe four. I don't know. There's a lot of good rebounding on this team so I can't I hesitate to give anyone that's not like a center more than four or five rebounds per game if we're being honest. Um especially since playing time between the four front court guys that are definitely not redshirting is is going to be so uh competitive 
I, I really, I think he's going to be a good piece. I think his defense is going to be more valuable than his offense. Uh, I think most of his scoring is going to come from fast breaks. Um, I think he's going to be, he's going to be a good kind of a three, four kind of combo forward type player, mainly at the four. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a productive guy for the team. I think he could one and done. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I also wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. I think we're talking about like meteoric rises. You know, when we had him, um, you know, when we talked about him as part of this freshman class, it was kind of, yeah, he, he, he might be able to find some minutes, but the way and the things that we've heard about him all off season are that he's doing things that are probably a little bit unexpected AC than mm-hmm. what we may have kind of anticipated from him at this point last year. Um, so I think that that's a good thing. I think that he's a guy that, it wouldn't shock me in the least if he is a guy, especially starting the season, that is starting. Assuming that Lively does start the season, mm-hmm. um, that 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 maybe he's there next to him. Yeah, it might I be mean, a, a little bit of a smaller lineup, but it wouldn't shock me at all. And I think that he does a lot of really good things on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and his hustle. I think he's an improved shooter than maybe people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. And he does a lot. I think he's a, a very versatile defender. Like, where do you see him kind of fitting in? I don't know that it's his shooting that he's going to suddenly prove that, oh, wow, this dude's look, – look what he's done. I don't I don't know that the shooting's going to be the thing that he does. I think it's his – the straight line drives. And just like I'm giving Christian Reeves credit for taking to the, the off-season strength and conditioning program, I think Mark Mitchell has done the same. I, he was a wiry, strong guy, but he was always very slight. And the one knock that I always had with Mark Mitchell is his elite talent is being able to the straight line drive and get by, get by guys to the basket. And then his hustle on defense and all the other stuff that, that he does. I, I think that it looks as though his his body has definitely transformed. He's a much he's he's a wider player than than what he used to be. His his shoulders are broader, he's a bigger dude. And and he needs to do that. If he's gonna be a six eight guy who's playing against fours in college, like he's gonna need to be strong. So maybe that that's what he has done to improve himself is that strength and conditioning part and just like we, I've given Christian Reeves credit, I have to give him the same the same mojo. Like, yes, he has done the same thing with his body. He's improved it. So I was not a big fan of him in the starting lineup. I felt that Flip would be the guy that we needed in the starting lineup to be our best team. But maybe Mark Mitchell is the one who runs with this team and, and does those hustle things and makes those hustle plays and and becomes that that type of guy who who helps the squad out from that regard. So I, I like him. I like him a lot as a player. I, I love him as a player. I just didn't think him as a starter would be the best option. But, dude, if it is, and if that's what we need, awesome. Let's roll with it. Yeah, I think it's interesting, um, the Reeves discussion that, that really has taken off uh, over the last few days. Um, but, you know, again, it, it's, it's now interesting to talk about Ryan Young, a guy mm-hmm. that, you know, transfers in. We felt like he was going to be kind of like that Ellender statesman that comes in for, you know, 10 to 20 minutes a game, depending on how things are looking out there, depending on matchup. Um, kind of be that Coleman force. You know what you're going to get with him. He's a big body. He's going to get rebounds, putbacks, um, a little bit of an old man's game, which I think would be very helpful for for the freshman. Uh, Jack, do you see the emergence of Reeves potentially kind of shaking up a little bit? Not really, because I... I mean, I think it's going to be a common call for his red shirt to get burnt, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's going to be a point of contention all season. 
not just on this podcast, but yeah. in Duke circles oh, in man, general. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I think that Young is going to be a guy who's going to give you five and five off the bench, but also mm-hmm. foul a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that if he has a particularly bad game, one of those Theo John, I'm going to foul you a lot, but I can't put the ball in the hoop today for some reason. No disrespect to Theo. I love you. Great guy. Huge, important piece on Final Four team. If he lays an egg, people are going to say, oh, Reeves should be playing. I think Young's going to get that role, though. Young also does have two years of eligibility. So that's going to be something to monitor. You got, you've got, you got that next year piece with him and Reeves, too, where that's, I feel like, going to be a bigger conversation next year than this year. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I've seen some guys saying that there's a legitimate shot Reeves is not a four-year Duke player. He is. I don't, I don't think he is either. I think he's going to leave for the NBA at some point before mm-hmm. he's done. I, I think was, that's going to be a big, it's yeah. going to be a big thing. I think Reeves still has some room to grow though. And if he is redshirted, then obviously Young's going to get that over him this year. I think next year, this is a question for him, not this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I think Young knows his role too. Like, I don't, I don't think Young is, he's not one of those guys who's coming in expecting like, you better give me 30 points or 30 minutes a game where I'm leaving. Like, that's not who he is. Oh no. That he knows exactly he what his role is. If somebody comes, if a freshman comes in and they earn more or they get more time over him because of that's that's the way college basketball works, I think he accepts that, and that's the thing. Like I think I think that might be the big holdfast on Christian Reeves this season. Maybe not not so much Kyle. Maybe it's about Ryan Young. Is Ryan Young proven to be, you know, that type of player? Ryan Young is one of those guys that Notre Dame has, that UNC has, the Luke Herringotis, the. You know that that type of guy. In a while, yeah, I know, right? Like he he's that type of guy who you can't block his shot, you can't keep him from getting position down low, you can't stop him from doing what he does, and he's going to get those points. Like you said, five and five is probably going to be his season average, but he's going to have games where he scores ten, twelve, fifteen points for us because he just comes in. We need him because lively and flip, and somebody else is not producing. And he comes in and just produces for us. Like I, yeah. I absolutely think he's that type of guy. And I w- I've probably been the lowest person on him throughout the season and preseason on, on our podcast about him. But I really am coming around on Ryan Young and what he does and what he offers his team. However, he is going to slow down this team very much if he has to play over 20 minutes a game. And that's the part I don't want to see. I don't want to see our centers fail so much that Ryan Young has to be the one to play. Because if that's the case, then we're not we're not getting back on defense at the center position. We're not running the ball on the offensive side of the ball where we can get the lobs and stuff that we want to get from Derek Lively and 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 some of those shots that we want from the interior. And and that's where I see I hope that Ryan Young sticks to the ten minutes a game role. Because if he's playing any more than that, then that definitely means kind of like Theo John last year versus Mark Williams. That means that we are slower on offense. That means we're not getting as efficient buckets as we can at the rim. So I like Ryan Young. I like what he does. I just don't I don't need him over 10 minutes a game. Now, I will say really quick, I have a friend who played center the last few years in the Big Ten against Ryan Young a little mm-hmm. bit and Pete Nance, uh, for that matter, which is another thing I want to bring up after this. But he said Young... His defense, not the best. His offense, this is a guy who's going to get buckets. This is a guy who, 
Like you look at his numbers per 40, they're incredible. Thing is he only played 17 minutes a game and he fouled a lot. He would have fouled out in about 25 minutes if he had played a full game. This is a guy who's legit like that though. He he can get his, he will grab his boards, he will he will score. This is a guy who was one of the better rebounders in the conference too. And he said Ryan Young always gave him trouble rebounding. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, I expect him to play a lot against UNC because he knows yeah. Pete Nance and he will be able to go up against Pete Nance. Yeah. That's the one game I really expect him to play more than 15 and, minutes. And he's going to have more games than that. Like he's, he is going to have games where situationally we need him to play more minutes, especially oh, yeah. if, if, especially if Reeves is going to redshirt the entire season. Like we're going to need Ryan Young to play extra minutes. Like Flip is going to be in foul trouble. Lively is going to be in foul trouble. That's what freshman centers do. So yeah, man, like I, I would, I, I would love for Ryan Young to be like a, a cure-all for this team. I just think that when he has to play extended minutes, it's going to slow the squad down. Yeah, I get to come back next year as well. Yeah, and he and he will be back next year. And I, and that's the thing. I don't think Reeves playing this year. I don't think Flip coming back. I don't think any of that's going to hurt chemistry. Like Ryan Young, we we're not recruiting centers for the next one to two seasons. Like, do you all out there in the universe who are listening to our podcast understand that? I hope you are paying attention. We are not recruiting centers. That means we have three guys coming back, right? Like, am I wrong in that? You're completely no, I correct. Think I don't yeah. think any centers until 25 are being recruited at the earliest. Exactly. We had, The only one we have is 24, James Brown. That's it. And, and for good reason, because that kid's a monster. But that's it. So we don't have any centers of recruiting. That means we have guys coming back. We have Ryan Young coming back. We're expecting Flip to come back. We're expecting Reeves to come back. So, like, there it is, man. Like, we know these guys aren't – they're not ready. Like, this is not a transcendental class. Like, this is not a group that is coming in, taking over the world. Like, this is going to be a team that's going to hold John Shire for a season until he can really get what he wants in here at Duke. And then we're taking off. So I, I love the squad. I love the makeup. And I think Ryan Young, because we're on him, I think Ryan Young is going to be a vital piece of that. Yeah. And and so kind of real quick, I, I don't want to see game one because that's against Jacksonville on November 7th. Mm-hmm. But let's pretend November 15th against Kansas, it'll be our third game. Who's the starting five AC for you? Tyrese Proctor at the one, Jeremy Rose off the ball at the two. Uh, we're going to have Grandison starting at the three because out of necessity, Mark Mitchell is going to be at the four and Derek Lively at the five. That's the same for me, Jack. Do you have anything different? Nope. I think it's going to be different come March, obviously, with Whitehead. But for sure. I think as of right now, it's, it's Roach, Proctor, Grandison, Mitchell, and Lively. Mm-hmm. And, and to keep it with you, Jack, who's the starting lineup at the end of the year, the last game against UNC of the regular season? Who's the starting lineup? Roach, Proctor, Whitehead, Mitchell. Lively, Lip, wow, eight. and Young off the bench. I, I don't have any disagreement there. Lively uh, with Whitehead, Proctor, and, and and Roach at the end of the year. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any disagreement there. I think that's what we're looking at. I don't. The only the X factor is Ryan Filipowski or Kyle Filipowski figures it out <laughs> and is starting at the four over Mark Mitchell. I think that's the only X factor there because we don't start, yeah. we don't start Mark Mitchell on the perimeter. We don't. So I think that's the X factor. Yeah. I, t- I, t- I tend to agree. And, and so kind of switching gears a little bit, we've talked about Whitehead. We've talked about Lively. 
play. Lively is just a lower cap strain. He seems like he'll be fine. I, mm-hmm. I'd be beyond stunned unless you guys have heard otherwise that he'll be fine to start uh, the first game of the year against Jacksonville. Um, I think he'll play at Kansas about... if he doesn't play those first two games. I, I think yeah, that's... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like, they, they hold him out, but I, I think, think that's going to be his first you know, game. USC Upstate on the 11th, I think you want to get at least one game under your belt. Yeah, you yeah. want to have one. Yeah. Um, yeah, they may put him in against Upstate, but I'm hearing that Kansas might be his first game. Okay, all right. So he's not you know, playing in the the Houston scrimmage, is what I've heard already. That that's not surprising. Um, I, I wouldn't you know kind of anticipate that, and 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 who knows what that what that's even going to look like. Um, you know, you always kind of hear weird reports coming out of it. The same thing happened against us in, in Villanova last year in the mm-hmm. Super scrimmage. So it's just a lot of different things out there. Um, Whitehead though is kind of like the the elephant in the room. Um, AC, you hit the nail on the head. The Rip Wade head. That we, that's the guy that we believe is the comp for 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 him. Um, you know, Duke tends to slow play these these injuries. Shire even said it after countdown again, kind of reiterating that that he's ahead of schedule, but we're being very cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we play uh, in the in the Phil Knight Legacy Classic, right? We. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of November, right after Thanksgiving, um, we play Ohio State in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, uh, November 30th. First game of the uh, ACC schedule is BC, December 3rd. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Whitehead fitting in, coming back? With the amount of rest, with the amount of games we're playing back-to-back in that Phil Knight legacy and everything, if he is not playing by Delaware or Bellarine, the end of November there, he's not playing in Phil Knight Legacy. They're they're not going to put somebody with a foot surgery in three games back-to-back-to-back to back to back in, in four days. They're not going to do that. I don't expect they would put him in, in a high-level game against Ohio State that's going to be up and down. And I can't imagine he plays his first game against BC in the ACC. I can't imagine that. But then after that, you have Iowa. Like, our schedule is so packed to begin the season, man. So you're almost looking at December 10th against Maryland Eastern Shore, where then he has 10 days to rest and see how his foot responds before we play Wake Forest. I think we're closer to that. I think we might be closer to to seeing him against Iowa in, in Madison Square or, or Maryland Eastern Shore at the beginning of December. I, I just, with the way our schedule is stacked up, I don't see him playing before that, man. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. And Jack, I'll, I'll let you get your take in there as well. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all if they just said, you know what, uh, Florida State New Year's Eve. That's when that's when you're going to see him. That gives him basically an extra two months. I think that'd be um, late. I think would, that would be so late. I think. Duke, so like they they take their time Duke, with this stuff. But you have you have a ten. You have a, here. Here's my my reason is here. You have a ten day gap between Eastern Shore and Wake Forest. Yeah. That means I he, think play, that's the most he plays against Iowa or Eastern Shore. Like let's say let's say he plays against Iowa, right? Let's say he he doesn't even come in in the first half. He comes in the second half or something. He'll come in in the first half, but he he comes in against Iowa late off the bench, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they let him play four days after that. They let him play against Eastern Shore and get some minutes in in Cameron. That gives them ten days to see how his foot responds to the soreness to everything else that you're going to experience after you play a game, a high level game. And then, and then they can make a determination of, of what we see out of him. If his foot doesn't respond, then he's going to miss some significant time into January. But I, I think he plays before January. I think this is a very similar to a Tatum situation where 
you get him in. I mean, Tatum played a, a, a game or two before he played against Florida at, at Madison Square. We just don't have that luxury this season to put to put uh, Whitehead in against you know some lesser competition before we play a big game in Madison Square. So that's why I'm saying it'd be weird if we put him in his first game is against Iowa. That'd be tough. But you have a 10-day gap between Eastern Shore and Wake Forest. So I, I think that's the most likely place that we see him come in. Logical, Jack. Do you see anything different there? I don't. I, I mean, I'm going to be at the Iowa game, and I'd love to see him play. I don't <laughs> know if I will, though. I think it's going to be... It's going to be a waiting game. I think, like AC said, it's going to be a lot of, ooh, let's see how the foot responds. And I think the fact that there is a three-game in three-week stretch with Eastern Shore, Wake, and Florida State in December, I think that's the key. I think mm-hmm. that's what they're going to be working with. And and let's not best... get it twisted. Like, it's not about what he does in game. It's about his. No, it's about after. how it responds. Well, after. That's kind of also, it's talk. a mental thing because you, you sure. want to, like, he might be worried he's going to re injure his foot. He might play a little gingerly on it, even if it's fully healed. So you kind of got to give him that adjust, adjustment, mm-hmm. the immediate, both physical and mental response. And I think that that three game stretch is the best time to do it because you have all that time you have a week and a half in between games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Jack, I think that you, you kind of alluded to it there. How do you see him kind of fitting in once he does get back and how long do you think it takes him and how long does it take the team? Because at that point, the team may have played 10 or 11 games without him. How do you see that kind of working out when he finally does return? I mean, he had most of the summer. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to, like by the end of the year, he's going to be at about 16 points per game. But I think that's going to be low because he's going to start off a little rough. This I think team... he's going to be closer to an 18, 19 point per game score, realistically. Yeah. Kind of like AJ Griffin started slow, although he did start at the beginning of the season while still injured. Mm-hmm. I think Derek's going to start slow, ramp up, and by the end of it, he's going to be playing at like an all American first teamer level. I think he's going to do that from Jump Street. Like his first game, maybe he's he's four for fifteen from the floor or something like that. But he's he's going to recover it quick. He is he's the type of guy. Number one, he's not going to be on ball, so that's fine. Like he, so we're not we're not worried about a Kyrie Irving situation where it's going to totally disrupt the team, right? And we're not worried about a Jason Tatum situation where you already have two or three established scorers on the team. Like they're going to be begging for Derek White to be Derek White, Derek Whitehead to be in in the game being that lead alpha dog score like they're going to be begging for that on the perimeter like jeremy roach is going to be able to do so much tyrese proctor is going to be able to do so much against ncaa competition we we need to whitehead and they know that this team knows that he he came in for that reason they all committed to duke knowing that Derek whitehead is going to be here they know who he is these believe me these guys know who he is they've already practiced with him they know what he's capable of so I I am not worried about him coming in disrupting anything. This is not that type of situation. This is actually his his position is the easiest position to replace midseason if if we're be really being honest about it. Hard to replace a center who's your backline defender calling out all the plays, and it's hard to replace a point guard who's going to be the one distributing the ball. The guy who's going to be your scorer who's only going to have one or two assists a game, easy to replace. Splat. All right, there we have it. And let's just jump right into our Duke season predictions here. So I want you guys to give me your high score, who leads the team in assists, 
and then who leads the team in rebounds, and then we're going to do our regular season ACC and then final uh, predictions for the season. So, Jack, I'll switch it to you. Give me all three stat leaders for, for Duke. Scoring overall is going to be Roach per game is going to be Whitehead. Rebounding is going to probably be Lively. And then assists is going to be the Roach or Proctor. I'm got to pick one, Jack. Oh, I can't though because ah, I don't know necessarily. Proctor, just say Proctor. I mean, I'll go with Proctor. Just say Proctor. He's going to be our leading assist man. If you say so, I'll go with Proctor, <laughs> but I still think Roach is going to have some situations where he is on the ball and he's going to get a few assists that might kind of give him the edge over Proctor. I view Tyrese and Roach as a Tyus and Quinn Cook situation, a Duhan and Jason Williams situation. I think Tyrese Proctor is the clear point guard. I think Jeremy Roach is off ball. I think Roach averages maybe three, four assists a game, but I think Tyrese Proctor is going to be five or six assists a game, especially with a guy like Lively controlling the paint and, and Proctor being able to distribute to guys who can shoot. Like he's going to get, he's going to get two to three assists a game from Jacob Grandison being able to hit threes. Like, that guy's going to be a good three-point shooter on our team this year. He's going to lead our team in three-point percentage this year, and that's that's not a hot take. Like, that, that's the no, type that's of guy that's just happening. Is. Exactly. So, I think our leading rebounder is going to be – I think you're right. I think it's Derek Lively, even though rebounding is not his biggest forte, but who else on this team is a great rebounder, right? Maybe Mark Mitchell. Like, Mark Mitchell has an outside shot to get there, but I don't think he'll get enough minutes to do it. So, I, I see Lively as our, our leading rebounder. So, give me – Give me Proctor's our leading assist man somewhere around six. Lively's going to be our leading rebounder somewhere around eight. And our leading scorer is going to be – Derek Whitehead is a shorter sample size because he's going to play less games, but he's going to be somewhere around 19, 18 points a game. But Jeremy Roach all season, like Jack said, is going to be our leading points man for the entire season. That is absolutely correct. And, and that's where we roll, man. I think he's going to Roach with, you know, 16 to 17 points a game. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that once – and, and and again, I think Jack said it earlier, but you know, I just don't know what's going to happen at the beginning of the year for for Whitehead. So maybe you'll get a couple of those games, you know, like those four on four or fifteen games, AC. Um, and it might drop down his his overall average because mm-hmm. it's going to be a shorter sample size. Well, look at but, it this way, right? Yeah. If you think if you think Whitehead's not coming back until after the first of the year, we have Florida State on the thirty first, we have NC State on the fourth, we have BC on the seventh, we have Pittsburgh on the eleventh, we have. Clemson on the 14th. We have Miami on the 21st. We have VT on the 23rd. Like, that's not the time you want to bring somebody back for a foot surgery. Sure. So now we're saying Derek Whitehead's not coming back until February. I don't think that's the case, man. <laughs> and that's Carolina. If, if, so, if you're uh, not coming back until yeah, February, no. you're not coming back. Yeah, that's that's um, not the case. So we're, we're going right. to see him before that. So give me, give me Whitehead. I'll stick with what I originally thought. Whitehead, 18.6. Uh, Proctor at 6.2 assist a game. And the rebounding for me was always going to be the toughest. That's I going think to be it's a tough thing for the team. It's, it's going to be. A, it's going to be. A, I mean, even a Brandon could be sneakily, you know, in there for rebounds. I mean, who sure. knows? Uh, but give uh, me lively at like seven point one rebounds mm-hmm. a game. I think that's right. Um, all right. So let's talk about the season then. Give me your your regular season and ACC uh, records, Jack. I think they make it to Saturday. In the ACC tournament, I don't know if they win. I think they're the one seed. I think they make it to the ACC championship game. Can't tell you if they win or not. Um, I think they're gonna first place regular season ACC. I think in the NCAA, I think they're a second weekend team. There's a lot of new pieces. Mm-hmm. 
there's new coaches, Shragi, Jay Lucas, not to mention, you know, Shire in a new role. There's only two returning scholarship players, and one of them is Blake's. No disrespect, but he barely played. So a lot of new guys. I think overall it's going to be 28 and 10 record. I think they're going to struggle a little bit in non-conference, and then they're going to have it all figured out by ACC play, play really well, and then again, make it to Sweet 16 Elite Eight. I think we're going to see a bunch of All-Americans. I think Proctor's going to get a lot more recognition than people are expecting. I think Roach is going to be coming home with a lot of hardware, and Whitehead might, depending on how many games he plays and how well he does in those games. 28 and 10. What, what did you say, though? Because you said we're going to win the ACC. So what, what do we got in the ACC? That's a tough one, though. Um, it's 20 games. I think we win probably 16 of them. Wow, 16 and 4. Woo! That is that's aggressive. That, <laughs> that is aggressive. Um, I'll just jump well, in here, AC. I like maybe it. 5. I like Maybe it. 15 I like and 5. It. No, let me just stick to your guns, man. I think I'm going to let you, man. Stick to it. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I hope that you're right. I think that uh, it's going to be a struggle for, for Duke um, early on. Uh, so for, for the season, I got 28 and 10 and 13 and 7. I do think that we, we make it to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Um, anything can happen there, but I, I, I just think that we're a year away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a lot of good experience for especially our front court guys. Um, but that, that's kind of where where I see us falling this year. Twenty eight and ten, I think that's very respectable mm-hmm. for John Shire in his first year. So that's yeah. where I got us. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. We have we have thirty one possible games in the regular season. So give me twenty two and nine because I think we get to the championship game of the full night legacy. I think we lose to Gonzaga. I just I think we do. That's the way I am. So you give me that. I'm fine with that. Twenty two and nine in the regular season. I think in the ACC season, we lose seven games. That's 20 games. I think we're 13 and seven. I still think that puts us in the top two or three in the league because the league is so balanced this year. This is such a good ACC this year. I, I, I think the top team in the ACC is not going to be one of those 18 and two years. I think it's going to be you win 14, maybe 15 games in the ACC. You're going to be number one. At that point, it's what are we doing the tournament? I don't see this as a tournament built team. I just don't. I, I It's like. Even with Whitehead, even with Roach doing what I think those guys can do, it's it's going to be tough. So at the very least, I, I see us getting to the Sweet 16. At the very least, I see us getting to the ACC Championship quarterfinal game. What happens after that remains to be seen. It's going to be matchup dependent with this team, and it's going to be like that all season. We have those tough stretches in January where in, in, in something like 13 days, we play like four, uh, five or six games. Same thing happens in February to a smaller degree. We have like a an eight day stretch in February where we play like four games or three games. So it's like, yeah, that's going to be tough for this team because depth, I think it's still going to be an issue. So give me, give me 22 and nine in the regular season and what we do in the tournament after that happens. And then they give me a 13, seven record in the ACC. And I'll take that all day. Believe me, I'll take that all day. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So it's a long season and it's not far away. November 7th is the first game of the year. We got a, got a secret scrimmage on the 29th against Houston. We got an exhibition game coming up. The season's here, fellas. Let's go Duke. I can't wait. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the Five Point Play podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Five Point Play podcast. Let's go Duke.